0: Uh, now when we discuss about Roshomon, we have to know that it is basically a classic movie. Any kind of a film course or a film club you join, it is the recommended movie as a must-watch. Released in the 1950s, the movie is path-breaking for several reasons that we will discuss further. However, uh, one of the most important things is that it is uh, a series of movies made by the director, Kurosawa, and his other films are also equally well-made. Now coming back to the movie, the movie, it begins as a very simple story. It is a, you can say, a cop and a thief kind of story in which we are uh, seeing a trial which has been conducted about a murder that has happened uh, in the vicinity. So the story is that there is a husband and wife couple which are going through the jungle. Uh, the wife is being escorted by the husband. Uh, she is seated on a horse as the husband escorts her. In midway they are uh, rather stalked by a bandit. The bandit offers the husband a lucrative deal in some uh, antiquities which is ready to offload at cheaper rates. The husband obviously gets interested in it, follows the bandit and ultimately the bandit tricks the husband and proceeds to loot the husband. At this point uh, when the bandit is giving his testimony, he says or rather mentions that he intended just to loot the husband and nothing more but as he is leaving he says that the wife appeals to him to kill the husband and at his, at this point in a sort of confession the bandit confesses that he has killed the husband because of that. The twist in the tale occurs when the testimony of the wife is brought up. The wife as a witness agrees with the broad points that have been laid before like the husband meeting the dacoit going to a secluded place and is tricked into getting looted. But the story diverges when she says that the husband was disrespectful towards her and doubted her virtue. And this uh, sends her into a shock and when she uh, awakes, she realizes that the husband uh, is having a knife in his heart and she presumes that she has killed the husband. So This is the point where the story becomes slightly different than what the bandit has uh, uh, expressed. Now at this point, a further twist occurs in the story when the ghost appears in the story. And the ghost is of that of the dead husband. And the ghost says uh, that uh, he has committed suicide because of the non-virtuous nature of his wife and implies that the dacoit and the wife were getting into some kind of an attraction which disgusts the husband and in his state of disgust, he has killed himself. So after these three contradicting narratives, uh, we are given the fourth narrative, which is of a commoner who has supposedly witnessed the final events of the day. He has not witnessed the initial part of it, but what he witnesses is that the bandit and the husband get into a fight and somehow the bandit manages to kill the husband. But then there is also an ambiguity in this story, the ambiguity in the story is of a missing knife. The same missing knife that which the wife feels that she killed her husband with, the same knife which the husband feels that he has committed suicide with, but the, that particular knife is missing. And we are led to an impression or an innuendo is made that perhaps the knife is with the commoner. So in the ultimately what we have is a set of four stories of the same event but with differences in them. And this is what makes Rashomon interesting as we further move along in this hour discussion. So the first question that I would like to ask is at what point we realize that this simple story of a bandit and a thief getting caught and brought to justice turned into something much more interesting for you.
1: For me, like at, uh, in earlier discussion we have spoken that I had read the story, I had a little bit of idea. Uh, I have also seen the Thai version of the Roshan of this same movie. But uh, there are slight changes to the movie in the Thai version. So I had the idea what is happening but even watch, while watching the Thai version or even while reading the story, for me the common person's perspective uh, initially as in just a witness to what is happening and his uneasiness throughout was more interesting but this could also be just an afterthought because I read the first part and then okay. I would seen the movies. Okay, So that was sort of an uh,
0: spoiled effect. So was there a surprise for so you at any point that uh, okay the movie is somewhat more complex? Or I, were you expecting it to be complex because you are already no, like No, no.
1: I, I, I was not expect, expecting it to be that. That with that many twists in it, okay. uh, in the way of presenting it. Okay. The story when I read it, it still seemed to be very straightforward, okay. but the way it is presented it, it makes it more worth uh, worthy uh, and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the part where surprising was, for sure, is that the ghost comes uh, at the court to give his side of uh, story, uh, but to believe that ghost or not, is what uh, impacted me the most okay. because the ghost was acting through a medium, the shaman, mm. and for me, first thought was that this lady is just trying to fool the court. Okay. But later on, when it comes to know, she was actually possessed by the ghost, and then she gives on the story of the <laughs> ghost. Okay. So, uh,
0: yeah, in a sense, for me, uh, when I saw the movie, the appearance of the ghost, uh, I didn't doubt the ghost was it. Uh, But the deviation of the story presented by the ghost suddenly opened up the movie. Yeah, Uh, because then it became uh, more rather than about the event that has happened, the murder that has happened, it became about the characters that were involved in the event, namely the bandit, Mm -hmm. the husband and the wife. And the way the stories were different uh, at the point of the ghost story was in the way in which each character was viewing himself. Mm-hmm. So rather than being, you uh, can say disturbed by the event, so the mm-hmm. ghost has died in that particular mm-hmm. uh, event. He's murdered, mm-hmm. but he's more bothered about being sure being portrayed as the wrong one, that his wife and the bandit betrayed him, and he is actually the wrong one. And the rightest thing for him to do was to give up on his life. Similarly, with the wife, she has been through a certain trauma. Mm-hmm. But still the emphasis of her story was that she was virtuous yeah. and she was betrayed by her husband. Yeah. So uh, so the ghost made things interesting because of that. And secondly it made interesting for me was uh, because when you hear the bandit story and the story of uh, the wife, there is a certain difference in their stories. And at that point I was feeling that, okay, maybe if I had a third one, but the third person is dead. But intelligently, or uh, it's a master's stroke in writing and in screenplay that the ghost is introduced. Because at that point we are wanting a third perspective. When, my, when we see there are deviations into narratives, mm-hmm. we want a third perspective, uh, uh, so it is a masterpiece. And even more uh, ingenious was the fact that the third uh, narration contradicted both of them. Mm-hmm. Because what at that point, when the ghost appears, I was expecting that, There is A story and B story and the girls will kind of vote for which story. Clarify which one. Clarify which is right. And secondly, since it is a ghost, I expected it to be true. I didn't presume any malice towards the ghost. I said, okay, he's dead, so he'll confirm which of the stories. But again, the masterstroke in that particular movie is that the ghost contradicts both of them, essentially. Mm -hmm. So that is what I find interesting. So I have a uh, specific uh, question in that regard. Is that when you hear the narration of the bandit Mm -hmm. and the boastfulness of the bandit in that Mm -hmm. particular thing uh, why do you think that the bandit is being boastful he's not just saying that i did this and i killed this particular man but he's being boastful about everything
1: there could be many reasons to this Uh, like you know this movie though made in 1950s it shows and ancient period in Japan, where the story actually happens. Uh, So we will also have to know a little bit of how the culture was during those days. So for the bandit, being bandit, though even it is bad, but being a warrior, a virtuous warrior would have mattered him, that would have perhaps or maybe earned him a space amongst the bandits as something exalted. exalted. That could be the reason where he is always trying to say that I did not kill the husband, but Mm -hmm. I did it on behalf of the wife. It was not my first choice. Mm -hmm. My choice was just to rob. Mm -hmm. So he is trying to separate killing and robbing. Mm -hmm. Two bad things in a way and saying that I stopped at robbing and he is trying to justify killing as an obligation that he was obliged to kill because of uh, the wife maybe the woman is being wronged in some way Mm -hmm. so I see to that way that he is always throughout the story trying to be boastful Mm -hmm. the whole character of him is also from start to end short mm-hmm. boastful yeah. but it is also very interesting to note that this character so long it remains in own story it is mm-hmm. boastful mm-hmm. Yeah. as the story changes to the wife's story mm-hmm. the character of the uh, mm-hmm. robber has been changed, changed yeah. similarly when the ghost narrates the mm-hmm. story it is further more changed oh. so mm-hmm. uh, the whole mixture as what to believe mm-hmm. is always there with the audience yeah, but, it but re- it's a problem of image also
0: yeah. like if you see um, what are the events that we can agree upon? The simple event that we can agree upon is that the husband was lured mm-hmm. basically because of greed. The decoy gave him greed, put greed in front of him and I can give you treasures for cheap. That is why the husband was lured. Yes. The decoy, in certain way was also... But that is also the story from the
1: decoy. Yeah, but it is the husband also is the only thing what we broadly can agree from the oh. storytelling has actually happened is that there is husband and wife, husband has been killed oh, and out of the other people, the robber, or the wife oh, oh, or maybe even a third person who oh, 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 would be the killer. that would be the impression at the beginning. The beginning. But if you see the stories of the three
0: yeah. like who were involved in that event, uh, the three agreed to certain basic things mm-hmm. like the dacoid met them in middle of the road. Okay. okay and they, they agreed to take uh, the dacoit basically uh, lured, him, lured it, him right okay right, right. now the justification might be different, different but the fact is that he was lured by the dacoit for giving treasures at a certain cheap value mm-hmm. okay and the dacoit is also at eyeing the loot of that particular person so if you see uh, what i'm talking about the image thing is that their actions of all the characters are motivated by material senses Very true. Right? They want the material thing. But in their mind, Mm -hmm. they are justifying something which is not materialistic, like virtue is not materialistic. When the robber says, I don't want to kill him, but I am killing him because of the wife, it is again a sort of virtue which is expressing. So their motivations to do things is materialistic, but their motivations for justifying things is much more... Uh, non this, this
1: is the same thing. What we can compare it to what is happening in nowadays. Simplest example is uh, what happens on Instagram. Oh. I go and click my uh, selfie with oh. some amazing, some extremely expensive car. Oh. I know I cannot buy that. Oh. Oh. I'm just standing in front of in front of front of the car. I do not own it, oh. but that is giving me sort of some sort of self worth. Oh. Oh. So there is something material in it. And also non-material uh-huh. and after that I go ahead and post it onto Instagram to share with another large uh-huh. group of people so posing that thing to other people is again a different part of gaining self-worth first was a self-worth for myself uh-huh. and then I post it to my friends and now I know they will be seeing me in some different context so that, that is. is also adding to my self-worth in my mind uh, but uh, the difference is uh, and this I believe the same thing
0: was happening with these three people no, but the three people uh, in their mind They are very virtuous people In their mind their actions
1: are Determined by no, virtue. I don't know about that part in their mind in their own mind Yeah, that's what I, I really don't know because uh, the robber he is always trying to put himself at higher pedestal than anything what he has done. Right. So, if he is trying to put at higher thing, then he should be aware that he is not that high. That is my understanding of it. No. The wife no. is trying to put But that is not they are
0: not aware. They are beginning from a position of being at a higher pedestal. Hmm. And they are looking at the world from that pedestal. Like the robber says, I am at such a higher pedestal, it was not worth for me. Mm -hmm. or not in my principles to kill this guy but when the wife asked me to do it again it became a part of my principles to kill him so he's already taken a higher position that okay I'm an exalted person.
1: I took that as simple clarification or an excuse for murdering something related to this movie. Okay. The same thing with the wife. That she perhaps to a certain extent knows that she is not that virtuous as she presents herself. No, I and think then, that the characters are themselves in a
0: illusion about themselves. Mm-hmm. See from outside for us we know that these are non-virtuous people essentially. Okay. But in their mind uh, they have deceived themselves to be what they are not. So the all the three characters feel that they are principled, moralistic, virtuous people, though their actions don't do that. But somehow I feel that they have deceived themselves so much that they are not able to see the difference. So for example, when the ghost uh, is talking about virtue, okay, the f- first thing the ghost conveniently forgets that all this happened because of his greed. The yeah. second thing the ghost forgets that even though he is supposed to be a warrior, Mm-hmm. He was uh, easily defeated, or was defeated, let's word, uh, not say easy, word easily, but he was defeated by a bandit, Yeah, essentially a bandit. And the third thing is, after all this his moral stance is to kill himself, mm-hmm. because others have deceived, because he is the rightest one and the others are the wrong one. So I feel that somewhere the characters have deceived themselves in the illusion of self, which is motivating. Their actions, but the actions at the base itself are highly selfish and highly materialistic. But somehow they are plugged. So uh, I but can that, say that, that they are having an
1: identity crisis. crisis. But this is the good part uh, of storytelling: how the yeah. stories, uh, yeah, how the characters are defined. Mm-hmm. That even in this moment, we two uh, sit, sitting together can have different opinions. Yeah, and. Uh, each could be wonderfully thought. Mm-hmm. How a character. Has yeah. To be so shaped. only only change in all this
0: happens because of the commoner. Because but th- that happens towards the end. Towards the end. But if you see at
1: these three people, they have a stake in the story. Yeah, they have the stake in the story. Not only that, the uh, the director or the storyteller makes you involved in each story each, each time. Each story. Yeah. When the thief is. Reciting his story, we do feel a little bit soft short for the thief. Mm-hmm. Then we feel a little bit for the wife. Oh. <coughs> Sorry, and then we feel also something for the husband. yeah And that completely changes or that also carries forward mm-hmm. when the commoner is saying mm-hmm. uh, he's not telling the story. Mm-hmm. He just mentioned what has happened. He's yeah. not giving any reason or anything on yeah. that part.
0: Yeah. No, he that is one of the first three characters. Are, in, are, you can say involved in the story and they carry a certain justification of for the actions. Exactly, exactly. But if you look at the commoners' version, it is a simple narration of the events that happened. So, it, there is a lot of gloss that is lost over it. Mm-hmm. There is, things are much more murky, yeah. uh, uh, Or not, not murky, they are in fact clear, but they are dirty. Like in the fight of the bandit, in the bandit's eye, he fought very great, valiantly, valiantly. The husband also thinks he fought very yeah. valiantly. The wife also thinks that she resisted very valiantly. Yeah. But the commoner says no, nothing of this sort happened. It was a very dirty scrummage, yeah. And by luck, we can say that the robber came on top. Exactly. It was exactly. pure luck. There was no skill involved. So, <laughs> so that, uh, when you look at it from that perspective, uh, you suddenly see the illusion of the characters having about themselves. Uh, how the characters are eluded about themselves and the way they are looking at things in a way. To
1: a large extent you could say that the commoner brings the whole story to reality, it brings yeah. to the ground. Yeah. Uh, the three characters have lifted the story a little bit away from the ground, yeah. high high, mm-hmm. because of their virtuousness or whatever they wished or mm-hmm. their self-image. Image, yeah. And the commoner drastically or suddenly crashes everything down to the reality and puts yeah. the story. It is the same thing like if, if you talk to people,
0: uh, in general, if you see, you'll find that the majority of people tend to glorify their struggles. Mm-hmm. like and, and they have a tendency of diminishing other person's struggles. But the reality of life is everybody is struggling. But mm-hmm. for some reason, you feel that the other person has struggled less than you. And that, you can see that the worth in that. The that is what? I, of self-worth. Self-worth. Yeah. But the only thing is that these characters have taken it to a very extreme level. In spite of what has happened is very gruesome yeah. So the interesting thing of Roshomon is, uh, is Like Roshomon is telling us That you have deluded yourself so much That even the reality When it hits you in a very harsh way Which is death Which can be the most You're harshest innocent. reality of life You are still not ready to give away On your illusion mm-hmm. You are still trying to pull on to your illusion So it is like a great kind of a Social commentary That the movie has made yeah and uh, moving on if you see the w- way the flimmer was made like you said when you read the story you had a certain impression but when you saw the story the impression of the story changed yeah so i think this is a good il- illustration of movie magic we don't cannot absolutely, define it absolutely yeah because uh, the one uh, way in which this movie Differed from the stories, and when you read the story, you say A happens, B happens, C happens, D happens. <laughs> exactly, right. Exactly. But when it's the yeah, but when the uh, the mm-hmm. movie when it is gets visualized, the tension that we see on the commoner's face and the priest's face, and it is not that we are told one story after another. No. The interlude between them, when the commoner, the stranger, and the priest are talking with each other, that that interlude builds, in, builds
1: up the tension and creates that magic. Yeah. Somehow, which is not see, there. See, uh, smaller, smaller things in the movie, the heavy rain that they have shot yeah. where the monk, the commoner, mm-hmm. they keep that sitting and discussing. Mm-hmm. The simple rain is adding a lot of tension to yeah. everything, what is happening. Uh, how the movie paces between the stories, the interludes, mm-hmm. makes it even more interesting. I think even the way the uh, characters are looking into infinity that that how the shots have been shot, they they have extreme long shots, extremely long shots. And what I found throughout interesting is, the camera has shown only those faces in the story that matter. Mm. We have never seen the judge, we have never seen anybody in the court, because they do not matter. And that is a wonderful part of storytelling. What we could say that the rest of the white noise, what is not necessary for the story, has been laid down but completely removed in the movie. Yeah, uh, and the second thing is, uh, I think uh, it was not me,
0: a friend pointed out to me, is that when the stories are being told, you will find mm-hmm. that uh, the witnesses mm-hmm. are sitting slightly in front of uh, the people who are listening. Yeah. And the second thing, there is a nice interplay of Shade and Dark. Yeah. It is a black and white movie, but you'll find that some characters are always in the sun. Yeah. Some, some characters, characters are always better. in the shade. And this uh, this also is kind of building into that story. Yeah. So from some movies are great because they simply have a great story. Mm-hmm. Because the premise, the story itself is so great, that you are anyways going to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. movies are great because they are shot great. Yeah. Like maybe the 3D movies or some of these movies. Like you go for the visual experience. Uh-huh. But Yeah, of uh, uh, those kinds. But the story is essentially not there. But this is... <laughs> there is no story now. <laughs> now. <laughs> but this uh, movie uh, is what... I feel that film making is about. like There is a good story. It is a very heavy story. But uh, movie is not a simple narration of the story. It adds a very different layer to it. Which makes, I think it makes it a classic. But again, as all classics go, uh, famously when this movie was released, it was not that much of a success in Japan. It was later when the director was recognized, everybody has noticed this movie. Uh, which is very interesting, which happens with what we are now disc. Uh, word for which we call as cult movies. Mm-hmm. Basically, movies which flop, flop when they're released. Yeah. And suddenly, some people, <laughs> after some years, have find
1: out something. You could use this famous adage that people or movies which are uh, not famous when they're released, or mm. people who are not. Famous India times. Mm-hmm. In future, they can be very hit yeah. and cult
0: figures or cult movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somehow. So in India, we have our own. Under apna apna <laughs> that. <laughs> like people will swear by the movie no, now, no. but nobody <laughs> went to watch it in the theater. So that yeah. was interesting. The next uh, point would like to focus is the overall influence of this movie. For in this, for me, it had two ways of it. Looking at it, the first one is. I saw this movie, or I was rather fortunate to see this movie in a theater mm-hmm. and after that I saw this movie again on laptop. It was in that uh, sense. But I realized uh, that the uh, you can say the, uh, the way your senses are captured in the theater for a seemingly epic story like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is also great. Like I understand if you watch a 3D Avengers. Let's say in theatre, it's obviously going to have a big impact on you. It's yep. around sound and everything, which will make it more... I think the word is immersive, it will be mm-hmm. an immersive experience. But even a story like this, which is black and white, 60, 50 to 60 years old, the sound is probably mono, mm-hmm. it is not even stereo sound, it's just coming one sound from somewhere. But still, the capturing of the senses makes much more difference. Yep.
1: That I would, you should always credit the whole thing of that, visual mm-hmm. uh, things to the director, because the way the director has used the sound from the falling rain, mm-hmm. then sudden long silences, yeah. then just two people are speaking and sometimes nothing is happening. Or sometimes when something very dramatic is happening, the rainfall is also mm-hmm. heavy, adding mm-hmm. to everything. Yeah. So this smaller, smaller Elements mm. make it everything yeah. more effective. If you watch it in theater, obviously it is going to be Especially more effective. silences. Like silence is silences in a yeah. silence in the theater, I don't know why many people don't use it, But silence
0: in a theater in the movie. Silence is, is really, the best noise. Yeah, it's, it's really heavy. <laughs> really.
1: uh, if you have seen the movie Exorcist, mm. it also plays on silence a lot. Yeah. Nowadays, all the horror movies play on jump scares and lot of um, banging noise or some other kind mm. of a noise. And exactly. Exorcist does the opposite. It uses long silences. Same thing with the Kurosawa. In this movie, he has used silence perfectly, Mm -hmm. and that silence also adds up to the tension as you are watching it. Yeah,
0: it suddenly jolts you into tension, like jolts you into anticipation of sorts. So, uh, yeah, it's a very well-made movie. Again, uh, that is why it's probably in the must-watch list for everyone. Uh, taking forward the discussion like when you come out of the movie like I said there is one view which I expressed which is that maybe people have deluded themselves so much Mm -hmm. that harsh realities don't face themselves and they have created an image of themselves somewhere that they are themselves not willing to break away from the image in the form of evidence so uh, people have deluded themselves to that level that is one aspect of it but lately I saw a series called as Expanse Mm-hmm. Which is on, I think, sci-fi or some channel mm-hmm. uh, subscription, and in that one of the characters is also commenting about memories. Mm-hmm. Like he says that our memories are itself are a delusion, for mm-hmm. our created bias. Like and he says that every time we access a particular memory, the memory itself changes, mm-hmm. and it's probably a chemically proven fact by neurosurgeon that every time you access a memory, uh, the memory changes. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Nowadays, it has been used in ther- therapy also. Like, if there is a traumatic experience, people encourage you to write something and recollect that memory. And it has been observed that eventually it gets softened up because of that, because every time you are changing that memory, blending it, blending it in a way. So, uh, so, the question basically is is it the inherent delusion of the person that is causing it, or is it the way we are? Uh, chemically or let's say evolutionarily designed that we have this kind of uh, I so so the movie can also be seen uh, as a, a disruption of memory like I said the chemical changes that have happened has disturbed each one's memory so that is one aspect and the second philosophical aspect is the self-worth of every person is different mm-hmm. and they have uh, that color of glasses through which they are viewing the world. Mm -hmm. So these are the two things uh, that can be interpreted. though the first one would be a stretch. I think Kurosawa is emphasizing on the second part itself. So how do you feel about this?
1: Philosophically I would say it would be very hard to put it into some single block of being defined by the self delusion or something else. Uh, I feel that for Kurosawa, he was at least my belief is he was completely taken in by the story, how it is moving, mm-hmm. and a little bit philosophical thought of it. Even in 1950s, that the way we are living is it right or wrong, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But what can be smart is not answering what is right or what is wrong. In the movie also, he doesn't go mm-hmm. into that realm of defining what is right, what is wrong. Yeah, he stays away from it. Yeah, he, he doesn't make he any judgment. He's surely making a commentary on the society, at least let's say in 1950s, in mm-hmm. spite of the setting of the movie being still in old mm-hmm. period, olden period. But he's trying to make a commentary, a statement on what was happening in 1950s, let's say in Japan. Mm-hmm. He was showing the plight of the woman. He was trying to show the. Um, Delusion of the delusion of the robber, and again the delusion of the, of the of noble of the husband, nobility yes. uh, uh, And then suddenly bringing the whole part into reality with the commoner, the Buddhist monk sitting there but not being able to decide what is what and what is what not. Yeah.
0: So somebody who is supposed to be spiritually developed. Exactly, and he is, is yeah, He is yeah. questioning
1: even the, throughout the movie. If you see the whole part, the monk is completely questioning himself. Oh. Uh-huh. What is there to live for? What is there to That's live it for? Towards the end, he does find some hope, does find an answer. Yeah. That is the only part. I would say that then goes a little bit away from philosophy yeah. into the movie-making element. Yeah, or probably
0: it would have been too bold to not include that child getting rescued. <laughs> yeah. Also. It would, it would have been too dark. Too so there, will be, there would have not been any hope. In there this. should be a little bit of happy ending. Yeah, a little bit of happy ending in that. So yeah, and secondly, like you said, uh, he's Mm -hmm. commenting on the society as is. But the beautiful thing is, he's not uh, commenting on specific instances. Like if you have a movie about, let's say, the civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dalit agitation in India, Uh, they get slotted into that. What he has done is by use of metaphors, he has made the story universal.
1: A and uh, in a way timeless. His, his commentary is more on the way we all human beings are spending a life on earth. Yeah. It has nothing to do with any other aspect. Yeah. But still he brings that, he yeah. does bring the class fight, he does bring the gender fight right. and everything. Yeah. He does mention that part. Doesn't mention it. But it is not... And he doesn't
0: sides. Yeah. And he just leaves everything for... Even he brings the monk spirituality, yeah. but then he still doesn't say, that this is the definitive answer, answer. for oh. a system. Uh, yeah, uh,
1: anything you have to add, I think that it's pretty much a good. Adding would be that we would love to see someone make such kind of movies even today, which is quite rare. Yeah. Uh, but I don't
0: think, even if you look at the history of cinema, uh, it takes roughly five years to get a kind of movie like this, which is. You can say complete in all. It is not that every year, uh, let's say in the 50s or in the 60s, no, we had movies
1: which were no, like no, that. No, not nothing. We know, at least, limited, limiting ourselves to movies made in for the, in the mm-hmm. film industry, there have been blockbusters, there have been good movies which nobody has seen, mm-hmm. and there have been very bad movies which everyone has seen. No, that is okay.
0: That is the commercial mm-hmm. aspect. Yeah. What I am saying is about the quality of movies, what we can call as path breaking movies. Ex- like, Roshaman Guru- uh, is a path-breaking movie
1: which forces you to notice it. What what you could really question is, was Kurosawa knowing that he was making a path-breaking no, no, movie? No, was no, he aware no, of that part? No, no was one Was conscious make. about that part? No. That he wants to make some movie which will have impact exactly. or influence, certainly that, at least for long period. See, uh, the answer to that question is that
0: no director uh, would expect to do that. But mm-hmm. every director would still hope to do that. <laughs> yeah, like or rather than director every creative person mm-hmm. so no uh, no creative person expects to have uh, that kind of effect but somehow some corner in the heart is still desire to have that effect and there is no definite formula for it so that is so it's like no and everyone and, uh, it's kind of that so yeah uh, it would be better if you had more movies of that sort but again
1: I, I uh, Regarding the filmmaking, the whole, the way, I am completely impressed. Black and white movie, like you said, there was mono sound, sound system. Movie. The yeah. movies had extremely long shots and the way he has done it uh, yeah. is amazing. You the the interesting elements. thing I find is that, like when you are talking about these long shots,
0: uh, in today's movies, I think there is a tendency of too many shots. Too like many cuts, too many, many cuts yeah. to create tension, but yeah. Rashomon is a very good example that a long shot, a slow shot still can
1: create that tension if you are skillful yeah, enough. That's what we said earlier that the at, at the Rashomon, the gate where they are sitting, mm. uh, the monk and the commoner who are uh, hearing these stories first and uh, or maybe from that uh, witness. Mm. When they are sitting at the gate it is raining heavily. and. It is a single still shot. Mm. There is no movement in it. Three people are sitting and rain is falling. Mm. So, the only movement in the whole part is rain. So, that is what his smartness is. The no, or maybe rain. the rain is there mm-hmm. and the silences built up the tension. Yeah, but without saying that would be
0: novel for us, maybe. We are maybe the pulp generation which has got used to noise, sharp cuts, and all. Mm. Uh, maybe in the 1950s uh, all the movies were made like that. So maybe that movie has come I out mean, of that culture, uh, like long shots and slow things. Movie, yeah, Puru has a genius of him, no doubt.
1: Yeah, but even, even if those times people, if you hear, they will always say, yes, Kurusawa this movie had really long shots. <laughs> <laughs> he <really> had excessively <laughs> silence. Some would also go to an extent of criticising yeah, the silence what he has used mm-hmm. is little bit too excessive. Yeah, but Guru, uh, but again if you see, Rashomon is probably not everybody's
0: movie. That is why it was not successful. Of course successful. it is not, of course it is not. It, um, um, and secondly, if, uh, if I come to think of it, if Rashomon hadn't developed a reputation, It probably would not have been watched uh, that much, like since it had a reputation, it is uh, is attracting a
1: crowd. See, uh, Roshman when we are speaking only about the movie, yeah, that could be the truth, but the story on its own. It has been used in operas, it has been used in... After the movie or before the movie? Uh, I guess so, even before. Yeah, uh, we have to check that. In, in a sense, it, it, the story on its own is a famous story. Okay. Uh, the movie is the first movie made. And movies after that movie in different languages have been made. Like I said earlier, that they have been a little bit tweaked here and yeah. there to adjust those cultures where the movie is been made. So, but I feel that uh, once you
0: have created such a high benchmark with the movie, now we are obviously digressing from our main point. But once a movie has made such a high point um, uh, in terms of its everything working and everything, Mm -hmm. I find it very odd that people still try to remake the movie. Because, uh, see, once a movie has reached a certain height, it's very, very difficult to reach the same height or probably surpass it. I agree with you. I have never understood. For example, like so I can okay. understand if there is a good story in moments, maybe, but the film was made bad. So maybe if you're an aspiring director, you look at that movie and say, okay, this story had a potential or this movie had potential, but it got made bad. And then you try to make it again. But if a story is well made, uh,
1: it, it uh, that plays again on your, to a certain extent, little bit of ego, hmm. little bit of that part this movie's been made now to me it is good to somebody it could be bad yeah, yeah. so the good bad definition is always uh, objective subjective sorry